Hello, beautiful humans. I'm your host, Marissa, and welcome to the Hope Wellness Podcast, where we dive into everything from the effects of diabetes and how to free yourself from it, body image struggles and healing, and provide you with some no BS nourishment truths. Each episode, we dive into one of these areas with trailblazing individuals and women who are spreading similar empowering and positive messages in the health and wellness industry. And so today we've got a very, very special guest on. Um, We've got Madison with us today. We are very excited to have you here, Madison. Um, She is the gut goddess, which I absolutely love. She is a women's gut health coach, nutritionist with a master's of science in nutrition and is a primal health coach. Welcome, Madison. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks, Marissa. Yeah. Um, So just a little bit about Madison. So she's been through it all and has done a lot of the hard work to heal both mentally and physically. She left everything she once knew behind and surrendered to the healing journey. She realized her body is on her side and is always doing its best, which is a very important message that we can all learn from. And so I'm really excited to have um, you on with us today to just give us some really great insight in terms of gut health, you know, truths and myths, but also really just shed light on the fact that inner healing really is number one when it comes to gut health. Um, So I'd love to start off our podcast episode with just hearing a little bit about your story and kind of what brought you to where you are today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I love that you're doing this podcast. We need it as women. Uh, It's it's a long journey. So I'm going to try to summarize like the past decade or more of my life in a couple minutes. Um, I, I mean, I was kind of brought to the whole, my whole health and wellness journey because of my own digestive issues. So I started having really bad gut issues in my early twenties. Um, I kind of grew up also having gut issues on and off, but they didn't get really bad up until my twenties when I left away for college. So kind of went down the mainstream medical route, got all the testing done, blood work, stool tests, colonoscopy, endoscopy. Um, everything was normal and the doctors really had no answer for me. Meanwhile, I was feeling terrible on a daily basis. I was having so much bloating and gas and acne, really low energy. Um, just a lot of health issues around, around gut stuff. And after that, I was offered a medication and I was like, this does not feel right. I don't want to be on a medication for the rest of my life. I am like 21 years old, supposed to be like thriving and enjoying my life. And I, at that point, just started to kind of do my own research and started on my own healing journey. So honestly, over the course of eight-ish years, I was very restrictive about my diet. I got really into nutrition and health and wellness and tried being vegetarian and vegan and paleo and keto and carnivore, did AIP, did uh, all these alternative therapies and ultimately felt better on a lot of them, but then ended up having my issues just come right back. So definitely learned a lot, made a lot of progress, um, but really just kept having issues. And this was like, you know, seven to eight years later was still having digestive issues after doing all these restrictive diets and trying a lot of different healing modalities on my own. So it wasn't up until a couple of years ago that I started, I went back to school, got a master's degree in nutrition, started studying more about nutrition, but also just health in general and realized like, well, 
wow, I was very focused on nutrition and supplements and I have been missing out on so many other aspects of my health. So I started to get more into the whole mental, emotional aspect of it all. Uh, stress started realizing that stress had a, a massive impact on my health, um, my mindset, my body image and my relationships. Mm-hmm. And just like started to figure out all these other missing pieces to my gut health that I wasn't, I had no idea that existed or affected my gut health. So then the last couple of years, um, have really like opened up the amount of things that I eat, which is amazing. Um, and just have dove into all these other aspects of health, like light and movement and mindset and emotional health and stress. And I launched my business almost a year ago. So I'm finally feeling confident enough in my abilities and what I know to help other women do the same. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know, I find it so cool that Instagram brings you kind of closer to the people you're meant to be aligned with because it really, for me, wasn't until, yeah, maybe like not even a year ago that I started to have gut issues. And I know that's probably what brought me to your page. And yeah. even just us chatting more and more, it's it's crazy how much you don't realize all those factors come into play. It's not just the food you're eating, it's the stress it's the past trauma, like everything you're pressing and like your environment, which is, I don't think a lot of people realize that part of it. Right. Oh, not at all. Yeah. (coughs) Sorry. I absolutely like questions all day long. Like what should I eat? What supplements should I take? And it is not that like, if anything, yeah, that's a, that's a piece, but there's so much more to the picture. And I think it's, hard to realize that, but also really refreshing because if you've tried tons of diets and you've tried tons of supplements and that hasn't worked, like that's okay. Like there's so many other things that you can do and try to help heal. And I think, yeah, the mainstream narrative is like, what can I eat to heal my gut? What can I take? And it's just not that simple. Yeah, exactly. And I do find that, you know, (laughs) the first route that a lot of women take is the restrictive route like we almost think okay like what should I cut out or what do I need to restrict or like all these things um and in reality I find that the restricting is often what's getting us deeper and deeper into those holes you're muted (laughs) oh shoot sorry I had had to cough um absolutely and I think that it, it causes us so much stress and then also a lot of the foods that most people restrict are actually the foods that are some of the most nourishing foods out there, right? Like, yeah. So let's dive into that. I really want to unpack that. Um, so I know that we got a question. Um, we put out like a poll just to kind of figure out what people wanted to hear about. We're going to touch on a lot of these things, but I think the main thing is, um, talking about kind of the first step in healing your gut. And obviously there's, um, like you kind of mentioned, there's different routes to take and obviously a lot of things come into play but in your opinion what are some like really simple things maybe that people are just turning a blind eye to that make a huge difference just when you're starting to kind of like learn about what your gut needs or what it does or things like that yeah I mean I guess like the first step essentially would to I mean First and foremost, like open your mind to the possibilities of something else, right? Like for me, I was very dogmatic about food and restricting and 
eliminating certain foods. And I think for me, I had to completely throw that all away and just be like, okay, what is my body actually wanting? What is going to be easy to digest, super nutrient dense. And it honestly is there are things that people think are healthy. Right. So I talk a lot about on my page about just the idea of balancing, like let's, let's minimize the amount of really hard to digest foods that are causing stress to your system. So these are things like cruciferous veggies, right? Like kale and cabbage and, um, all these really like quote unquote healthy leafy greens. Those are hard to digest, um, nuts and seeds. Those are supposedly really healthy, but in reality, they're harder on the digestive, the digestive system, Mm -hmm. um, artificial sugars, right. The whole sugar-free craze, all the artificial sugars are like, they wreck your gut. They, they disrupt your, your gut microbiome. So yeah, nuts and seeds, cruciferous veggies, artificial sugars, all the alternative meats and like alternative milks, all of those have weird thickeners and additives. And those are kind of like the, the mainstream health foods, right? Like there's so many plant-based milks these days and that's, that's what people are eating. And those are the harder to digest ones. And so that kind of takes some time to like, get that out of your mind of like, these are, these are health foods. I'm being told to eat these, but these actually might be causing my issues and then kind of replacing those with the real foods. So things like fruits and honey and meat and seafood and eggs and dairy, like all these foods that have been demonized, like those are the real gut healing, nutrient dense, easy to digest foods. And so it kind of requires you at the beginning to have like this really, like your mind needs to be open to um, realizing that maybe what you've been told is not right. And it's actually causing your issues to get worse. So yeah, reducing those eliminating or eliminating those harder to digest foods and then increasing the amount of really nutrient dense, easy to digest foods. So fruits, meats, um, raw dairy, honey, squashes, root veggies, all the good, all the good foods. You're speaking my language. I love it. And that also, you know, what I speak on is that pro metabolic eating and that's, those are all those foods, right? Like the foods that our cells are taking that energy so easily, it's going to be the same for our digestive system. Like anything that we have to like work really hard to break down is Mm -hmm. like causing more stress. Right. And so, but it's so true. Like we are literally conditioned. Like I was drinking like tons and tons of nut milk and I was even buying like nut cheese and I even like I don't think I ever bought fake meat but I definitely had a moment of like oh meat's bad for me I should eat less meat and like all these false narratives and you know for me too like now that I'm learning more about those types of foods it really is getting back to the basics like what is easy energy for yourselves what can your body break down easily um and it's like simple things but it it is hard to shift that mindset and I think a lot of people are still um yeah, in that conditioning of thinking those healthy alternatives are doing you good, but they're really just like making things worse, like exasperating the problems. For sure. Yeah. And at one point, I mean, a lot of people get really offended when I talk about meat and seafood and eggs and dairy. And, and I get it because I was vegan. So like, I feel like I can talk about the subject because there was one point where I was eating tons of cruciferous veggies and I was eating alternative meats or I was doing like tempeh or tofu. I was eating tons of nuts and seeds. I was doing all the plant milks. 
um, I was eating a whole foods, plant-based diet and I had gas and bloating every single day. And I was doing all the right things, right? Like I was, I was eating the superfoods and these nutrient dense foods, but it's just those, yeah, those foods are, there's nutrition to them, but they're hard to digest. And it's like, there are ways that you can make them easier to digest or ways to prepare them. But ultimately, like, I feel like when you eat lots of meat and seafood and eggs and veggies and fruits, like I have no desire to eat like those foods at all anymore because they just don't, they don't taste good to me because I'm used to eating these other foods that are real. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, And you brought up a good point too. And like, I think back to my restrictive days of when I would just eat like maybe two salads a day, barely any meat, um, just not a lot of like nutritionally dense foods, but more of those alternative foods, um, even like low calorie foods, everything that was marketed like low calorie, like like that sugar free or fat free. And it's like, okay, what are actually in those foods to like make them taste good? And when I was eating foods like that, I was binging and I had crazy cravings and I never felt satisfied. I never felt nourished. Whereas like you say, when you're eating those nutritionally dense foods, you don't really have those crazy cravings. And yeah, it's, that part is wild to me too. I don't think a lot of people understand that part of it. Like we think we're supposed to restrict and have all this discipline, but it's really like your body's just deprived. Like it needs nourishment. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. Yeah. That's so huge. And I think about when I was keto and carnivore right. and just restricting carbs and demonizing carbs. And I had so many sugar cravings and it's like no. sugar cravings are so normal, especially when you're stressed mm-hmm. and it is literally, it's not a personality flaw. It's not because you're addicted to sugar. It's because your body wants fuel. And the same thing with just restrictive diets in general, it's like your body, when you have cravings, that is so normal because your body is just crying out for, for fuel. Yeah. So deprived, right. It's like a natural biological response, but Mm -hmm. we talk it up to like, Oh, I'm not disciplined enough or I'm a failure, but it's like, no, honey, you just Mm -hmm. need to eat a little bit more and like more of the right foods. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Literally, I don't hardly like nowadays I had, I don't even have sugar craving because if I do crave sweets, I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat like some ice cream that's made with really good ingredients, or I'm going to eat some fruit or I'm going to have some honey, or maybe I'll just actually have something with sugar in it, like real sugar. And I let myself do that. And I feel so much better. And my health is still like, I am still in very good health. It's not like I'm binging on all these junk foods, but just like that per giving yourself permission to just eat and eat all the foods I mean a good good quality version of all the foods and eat all the macros is so liberating 100% and and then also like you said just being able to move on from it like not feeling guilty um because that's another thing too it's right it's like almost ramping up that stress when we like feel guilty or when we put things off limits or yeah through that restriction um which is a good segue into the next thing I want to pick your brain about, which is the effect of stress on our gut, which is, like I said, huge. And I don't think a lot of people take into consideration. Um, And I know for me, kind of my path to realizing more about gut health was like, I went through a lot of trauma in the last year. And then I realized my gut health just declined almost 
overnight. Like I've never had gut health issues. And all of a sudden I realized I was suppressing trauma in my stomach and, you know, the bloating and just feeling super uncomfortable in that sense. And I'm realizing now it's very stress induced. So I would just love to talk about kind of what you maybe observe in the gut health world when it comes to stress and things, you know, like when we hold on to trauma and emotions and just like, what does, what does that all do in there? Like, I know it's not good. Um, but I think, yeah, it's definitely a topic that needs to be discussed. Yeah, it's huge. And honestly, like with my clients, we first and foremost talk about nutrition, right? Because obviously it's really important to minimize the hard to digest foods and maximize the easy to digest foods and make sure people are eating enough. And then outside of that stress is that's the next big piece to my practice. And I mean, if you think about it, when your body's stressed, when you're under some kind of um, stressor or you're just experiencing like chronic underlying stress of like working too much or toxic relationships or not processing your emotions, or you're really unsatisfied in your job or like all these things that overstimulate us and just run us down uh, your body like digestion is the last priority when you're stressed. If you think about like back in the day, say like running away from an animal or you're even today, like say you're giving a speech, like you're not in the mood to digest this massive meal. And that's on purpose, right? Like your body in a stress response is worried about keeping you alive. Um, It's burning through nutrients because it's trying to cope with the stress And literally the last thing it wants to do is digest well. And that's, that's totally on purpose. And it just makes so much sense that, yeah, when you're under stress, it's not time to digest well and reproduce and your body will move nutrients and blood flow away from your digestive organs and out to your extremities and into your brain. It's just like basic physiology. And so, and a lot of people don't realize this, right? Like for me, it was like, I was eating all the right foods. I was eating the perfect diet. I was taking all the supplements. I thought I was getting all the things that I needed, but I was working a job 55 hours a week. And I was in a really dysfunctional relationship. I was not taking care of myself. I wasn't processing my emotions. I just suppressed all my emotions. I was a people pleaser. I avoided conflicts. I hated my job. I was super unhappy. And it was like, yeah, knowing what I know now, like, of course I wasn't digesting well, like no matter what I ate, like my body was literally not ready to receive any of the food that I gave it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, yeah, it's so overlooked and it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, stress is, stress is really bad for digestion. But when you think about it, yeah, like your nervous system, ultimately your nervous system is controlling your digestive system. And if your nervous system is trying to cope with stress, you're not going to digest well like no matter what you eat. So it's huge. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's something that people don't ever, I mean, yeah, they may, they might consider it, but they're like, yeah, I could, I could minimize some of the stress in my life, but I don't think that they realize that if you're, you're experiencing chronic stress, then you will, you will never digest well. Like your body will not be ever in that mode to receive food. Yeah, totally. No, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people overlook that and especially in our society, like that hustle culture and like you said, working 
crazy long hours. And even I think about, you know, I used to be a server and I always like chalk it up to the way that I eat even sometimes is such a rushed process. Like it's almost like a stress response of eating where I shovel food down as quickly as possible. And then I think about it now and I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder like my gut is so messed up. I'm not even, you know, being mindful and being present and sitting down with my meal. And so it's so like obvious when you look like from the outside looking in almost to see, okay, if, if you got, let's say like a busy mom, for example, she's waking up, maybe drinking her coffee right away. She's getting the kids ready for school. She's rushing out the door. She's not even eating breakfast. Um, she's going to a stressful job, like whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, like you said, no wonder your digestive system is like angry with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. And it's like, that's the, again, like after nutrition, that's the first thing I talk to my clients about is like, everyone talks about your digestion starts in your mouth. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It literally, it starts in your brain and it starts in, with your nervous system. Like if your brain, if you're not in the mood to digest, if you're not mindful about like sitting down and breathing and making your meals sacred and fun and pleasurable, like your brain, your brain is controlling your digestive system. Mm-hmm. If you think about when like we could talk about our favorite meals together and we can talk about like cooking them together or just like any kind of memories around food like our mouths will start to salivate because we're just like even the very thought of food is that's really important to the whole process of of starting the digestive system so into my mind (laughs) no I'm gonna have everyone thinking hey like we can talk about tacos and like I'm already thinking about it right and it's just like people don't realize that it's like it's not about your mouth like it starts in your brain And that also brings up the whole idea of like, if you have a lot of fear or guilt or shame around food, like you're, that's, that's a big piece too, right? Like if you're eating and you're feeling shameful about it, or if you're feeling guilty, or if you like are really scared of food, your brain is not telling your digestive system and your digestive organs that it's ready to digest. So it's just this whole process of like, yes, like you said, mindfulness around food, um, not rushing with your meals, but actually enjoying your meals and taking time to, I call it like digestive foreplay, which is, it's so funny, but it's so true. It's like your body needs time to like start to secrete fluids and get ready to digest. And if you're just like eating in the car or eating distracted, like your brain, your brain's not ready. Like you need time to start to digest. So like, yeah, the brain mindfulness is so important. And then yeah, the nervous system, the whole stress, stress response. Those are so important before you start to even think about chewing. Like you need to get those two things on board and ready. I love how you mentioned, I think it's so powerful to talk about um, when you feel like shame or guilt around eating, because I know um, as we talked about like something we kind of both experienced with the restrictive eating. And I know even when I, like I tried an elimination diet and I just, it brought me back to my bodybuilding years of like literally feeling terrified to eat a certain food or if I didn't know how the food was cooked, like, and we talked about how that also induces more stress. So it's like, you're stressed about what you're eating, you're stressed when you're eating, and it just compiles. And so I want to talk on the emotion side of things, because like stress, I find, or I'm learning at least that we also hold our emotions um, in our stomachs, I guess. Is that right? Well, I 
them? I think it just, uh, yeah, I feel like we hold emotions everywhere in the body, but especially in the gut. Yeah. 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 And so I like this topic because I know for me, like I said, when I have been starting to work through like breath work and really more somatic healing practices, and I'm realizing this core injury that I've been dealing with for so many months, I'm like, I'm realizing, okay, it's a lot of emotions that I'm suppressing or I'm fearful to almost accept. And I know we talked about that too, is like that also can have an effect on your gut, like just like holding in emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's kind of a hard concept to fathom and realize if this is kind of a new concept to you, but I always think about it, um, you know, like your body, your body digests food. And just like your body digests food, like your body has to digest emotions. And so for me, just growing up and just as a woman in society, I suppressed a lot of emotion. So like, I didn't really know how to, if I was angry, I didn't really know how to express that. So I would just kind of like tuck it away. Or if I was upset or feeling insecure, I didn't really have, I didn't know how to properly express emotions. And again, like I was a people pleaser. And so I didn't want to cause conflict. And so I would just kind of like shut my mouth and just like stuff everything inside. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I realized how much stress that was causing my system. And it was like my body kind of like when people are constipated, just like imagine, imagine that like that feeling of just like feeling so full and like satiated and you want to get this thing out. Oh, that feeling. That's kind of what I, I relate it to is just like feeling really like constipated with emotions, just like stuck and stagnant emotions. And another part of what I work with my clients with is, or like another aspect is um, like movement mm-hmm. and movement, not in the sense, or yes, of course, in the sense of like fitness and exercise, but movement also in the way of like emotions, like the way that your body is moving through food like it has a process it moves them through you excrete them out right like your body is constantly moving through food you have to do that with emotions too and people don't realize that um it's not just about it's not just about like tucking them away or suppressing them or feeling guilty and shameful that you're even experiencing those emotions it's like accepting like yes this is a real emotion kind of changing your mindset around how you experience emotions learning some, I had to learn a lot of techniques of like, what is a healthy way that I can express this emotion as opposed to just pushing it away. And the more work that I did around emotional, emotional work, the more lighter I felt, right? Like my, I just felt so good to like finally process things. Um, and the better my digestion got. Honestly, it literally, it was just, it felt like such a relief on my digestive system as I was finally processing all these emotions. And again, I feel like it's kind of like a woo-woo topic, but it's so real. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Louise Hay, but she talks a lot about emotions and stored emotions in the body. And she's fascinating to read about. And I noticed too, like a lot of people um, like with liver dysfunction, have a lot of anger. And then if you look in like Chinese medicine, like the liver stores anger, it's just interesting. Like the more that I started to realize this is a thing, like the more I found online about it and books about it and just information, but it's, yeah, it's such a process, but just like 
yeah, again, just like how your body has to process and digest and move food, it has to do the exact same thing with, mm. with your emotions. Yeah. And I just think it's so interesting. And this is just bringing us back to of like, it's so much more than the food that you eat and the like exercise you do when it comes to overall health, like no matter what you're striving for, you, how, like how you want to feel, it comes down to, like you said, emotions, managing stress, having a supportive environment and like all these things, like we don't even think about that on a daily basis. We're just like, what am I eating? Basically, what can I cut out from my food? Mm -hmm. And, oh, I need to do more cardio. Like that's usually the recipe. Right. And, um, one last thing on this topic, just cause we're on the topic of like restricting in food. I, and I talked to you about this earlier today, but I just think it's super interesting. So I went and saw a naturopath just to like get some gut health insight. And I, I noticed quickly because I was talking to you too, that I was like, okay, I feel like I have like a good understanding, but so I went to go see her and right away, she was kind of like telling me these things where right off the bat, I was like, I feel like this is not what I need. So she was wanting to sub- sub- prescribe me enzymes and even like omega threes and eat more vegetables and all these things were like in the back of my mind I was like I feel like Madison wouldn't approve of these things and I'm gonna say no um but let's just touch quickly on the vegetable topic because I find it super interesting and the more research I do into pro-metabolism I know now that eating two salads a day and eating all these raw vegetables, filling your plate with vegetables, especially vegetables that are grown above ground, right? Because they have these like Mm -hmm. antitoxins and they're protecting themselves against animals from eating them. And so we're really not meant to be eating these things firstly raw or in excess if ever. So touch a little bit on this because I feel like this is gonna blow people's minds just a little brief on um, maybe all your raw salads aren't doing you so good. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Um, I mean, just as a disclaimer too, like I was vegetarian for so long, vegan for so long, paleo, like I was eating all the veggies, so <laughs> many veggies. Like I think I tried for at least seven to nine servings per day up until I started doing like more keto carnivore type eating. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, it's a really hard shift to make Cause again, like everywhere you go, it's like eat more veggies, eat more veggies, eat more veggies. Um, I probably, I'm trying to think of even how many vegetables I eat on a daily basis. I mean, maybe a serving with every meal, but even then like my vegetables are potatoes and squashes and grits and mushrooms and onions and that's like that's pretty much it and I don't really eat leafy greens and I know I feel like that's that's gonna blow people's mind and I'm like a nutritionist and I'm like not eating loading up on salads and raw veggies but again the whole idea of like vegetables especially like you're saying uh, that are grown above ground they contain lots of anti-nutrients and those are specific compounds that either prevent them from getting eaten, prevent them from getting digested or protect them in some type of way, right? Like they have to produce these things to protect them because the goal of plants is not to be eaten. They want to, they want to produce their seed and reproduce. And so they're going to create these compounds that um, can be harmful for us. So it's, Honestly, like if you're skeptical about it, just 
try eating less vegetables, like try eating less fiber and see how you feel. Like for me, I was like, this is crazy. I know that all these veggies are super good for me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like try and see how it is to eat less, especially like the, the raw leafy greens. And my bloating started to reduce and I wasn't as gassy. And I was like, Hey, this is really weird. I'm going against everything that I've been told to eat more vegetables and I'm actually feeling better. And that's, that's what you need to go off of, right? Like you can see all these things online. Ultimately it comes down to how you feel. And I started to feel better when I was eating less fiber and people think that's crazy because as a gut health specific coach, it's like people think that I'm all about eating more fiber and that's typically not the case. Like that can actually cause more issues because again, like you're saying, these raw, especially raw veggies, they're just hard to digest. They contain all these anti-nutrients and they can cause a lot of gas and bloating and damage to the intestinal wall and, and cause a lot of issues for people. So it is a mindset shift because I've especially seen lately the whole, like eat 30 different types of veggies per week. And I'm like, what? yeah, it's a lot. And I'm like, my gut would be so unhappy. I'm sure I could like ease into it, but I actually really enjoy the, the simplicity of my meals. Like I'm not trying to stress about getting so many different veggies with my meals. Like I feel so much better as far as stress goes, because I'm not trying to do that. And then just my gut, my gut feels so much better. And I, yeah, I'm still eating fiber, but I'm not trying to like load my plate up full of nine servings of veggies or 30 different types of vegetables per day to get, to get all this, this nutrition that you can actually find in better bio, more bioavailable, absorbable amounts in other foods like animal products. 100%. And that's what I think it boils down to, too, is realizing that just because something has XYZ nutrients, it doesn't necessarily mean we're supposed to be eating it or that it's good for us. Because if it's like you said, really hard to digest and we can't even break it down, like we're not actually even absorbing those nutrients anyways. So yeah, I think that's a good place for people to start too, right? Like you said, focusing more on those easier to, to digest foods. Um, that's huge. I love that. Um, I feel like we're going to need to unpack more of that in another episode, but I want to kind of end our chat with um, one of my favorite topics. And I know we chatted about this earlier, but about body image, because I know for a lot of us who are in this space of either, whether it's healing your gut, healing your body image, stepping away from the diets, um, maybe you are just trying to nourish your body more. Um, it can feel really hard and scary to watch your body change and mm -hmm. for it to grow and evolve. And I know you and I have both been there where you kind of, you know, you're on the right path, but it's still hard, right? Like, especially for us, we used to be in such smaller bodies and we kind of identified with that, or I won't speak for you, but I know I did at least. And it was hard for me to then look in the mirror and kind of like, I didn't recognize myself. I, like I said, I knew I was doing the right things, but I was like, this is hard. Um, so I would just love to hear a bit about like your, like your struggles with that. And just any like, like insight you can give for women who are wanting to heal, but like the body image piece is hard. Like they go hand in hand, but they're very like, it's a tough road for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I also want to hear your tips around it too. Cause I, we talked about it before and like, we can kind of pull ourselves out of that whole negative mindset. And I think that's what people need is to mm-hmm. just gain tools around it. So I would love to hear yours too. So, I mean, on my Instagram, I've posted a couple pictures sometimes a couple times of just like how my body used to look. So I just looked like a, just, I was very thin, extremely thin And looking back, I'm like, yeah, no wonder, because I was always restricting my diet. I don't think I was ever eating enough. I was always doing something. Also, my digestive system was really wrecked. And so I just don't think I was absorbing a lot of the nutrition that I was eating. And so I just got used to that type of body. So I'm almost 30 now. And I don't, I, up until a a year or two ago, like my body was still very, very skinny. And even then I sometimes looked at my body, I thought like my belly was fat. And in another way, like I was also really upset because I tried to work out and I could never gain muscle mass. So I was just like, didn't feel comfortable in my body. Even then, even when I was really, really skinny and people would look at me and be like, Oh, you're still slender. You look so good. I was never, was never happy with it. And then of course, when I started eating more and just started eating foods that actually worked with my body, I started to gain weight. And in a way that was really great because I was like, wow, I can actually like gain muscle mass now. But then of course, like I started to gain fat and it's been such a process. And honestly, yeah, there's, there's so much to unpack there, but I think whenever I get into that headspace of like, oh, I'm getting super fat or I look terrible or um, I have to get rid of all these clothes that don't fit me anymore. I have to remind myself like, wow, like my body has been through so much and I'm finally eating enough. Like I am finally eating foods that are easy to digest and my body's actually absorbing. My digestive system has never been better. My skin has never been clear. My hair has grown so much. All these things, like all these things that have, that have happened. Um, so I, rem- I always remind myself of those things of like, yeah, my body is, is finally feeling nourished. And I do think, I mean, this is huge in the whole pro metabolic world, but there's, there's definitely a certain amount of like, pound, like they call the healing pounds. Um, um, And I think it doesn't have to be like that for every woman, but I, I think for most women, like in my experience, like most women should not have a six, have six pack abs all the time. Like we should have curves. And I finally have curves in the first time in my whole life. And, um, so I do think there's, there's an amount of like healing pounds that are really beneficial. And I think ultimately that it's, it's our body trying to like finally gain homeostasis again and feel safe. And the process is super hard because again, like we've talked about, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, who is that? Like, I don't recognize that person, but then also like, wow, my body has been through a lot and it's changed and it's adapted with me. And it is always on my side. Like it is, your body is always just responding to your environment. Like the fact that I've gained weight is, so great because my body again is like finally nourished and like adapting and finally like getting all the nutrition that it actually needs. Um, 
so yeah, it's, it's always a process. And we've talked about this too, of like, I'll have some great days where I'm feeling amazing and like voluptuous and like a real woman. And then some days I'm like, wow, this is weird. I don't recognize myself. Like, who is this? I well, I hate this about myself. Um, so it's not like I'm ever perfect in my mindset around it. But honestly, I think it's, it's about recognizing for me that your body's always on your side. It's always doing the best that it can. And it's okay for your body to change. And I think it's also really important. Something that I've realized is super important is finding, like if you're on social media, especially this is where I'm like most on is, is social media is finding people who look like women, Mm -hmm. like following people who look like real women and have curves and are like healthy and nourished instead of being in dated with whatever uh super skinny fit malnourished things and ads that that Instagram will just naturally show you I was on Instagram earlier today and I've been getting so many swimsuit ads and the models in the swimsuit ads make me so mad because I'm like this she's so undernourished she does not have any body fat like I wonder what her stress is like or I wonder like what food she eats or like I wonder how many calories she's eating like does she have a period Um, I wonder if her hair is falling out. Like I'm wondering all these other things and you obviously can't see that or know that from a picture, but you're just shown this picture. And of course, like that, that's always going to be in the back of your mind. But I think you have to surround yourself with images and ideas of women who are, who look like women. Like you look at pictures back of like Marilyn Monroe and like other, you know, in other timeframes like they're curvy that was a good sign back then like if you were curvy and had like fat on your body you were healthy and you were nourished like you had enough to eat so I think it's also just about questioning like what is what is beauty and like what is what is really the ideal in my mind and allowing your body to just adapt and evolve as it's going to anyway I love all that yeah and that's the thing too it's like we're bombarded with that narration right like the I quote-unquote ideal body the slender white woman body and that's that's one of the things that I've done too is like diversifying the bodies you see like I mean everyone's got a different genetic makeup and so just by seeing like what the real world looks like those ads usually are photoshopped edited airbrushed whatever it is um and yeah it's just it's finding more of like what what are just real life bodies are looking like um and you also mentioned another thing about um the journey too right like it's not ever linear like I don't think anyone wakes up every single day completely in love with their body I mean if you do that's amazing but it's more so and I've talked about this in the previous episode more so finding body neutrality and so on the days that you're maybe not having a so great body image day um just being kind to yourself and like you said appreciating all that your body's done for you all that it can do for you I think that we take a lot of the mundane things for granted, like being able to get out of bed and, and go walk down the street and digest our food and just simple things like that. And so for me, like taking that body neutrality approach has helped hugely in curating my Instagram. Um, but yeah, like it's definitely, it's not a linear journey. 
And I think that when you do focus just on appreciating your body and when you really just truly want to nourish it and like you said, get to that place of like where you feel really good, um, that's huge because yeah, we're so taught that we need to be our smallest selves and we need to restrict and we need to, like I said, fit into that standard. But most women also like thrive off of having more body fat. I think we often forget that we look at a woman with a six pack and like, okay, maybe like 2% of women can be healthy with a six pack, but most of us can't. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like we thrive off having body fat and especially around our midsection and our hips and in our thighs, like that's where we naturally want to be curvy, like physiologically. Right. And so this is something that I tell a lot of my clients too, of like, like gaining a bit of body fat is not a bad thing, especially when if you had to diet and restrict and undereat to get your body to a smaller body. And the only way you can maintain that smaller body is by undereating. Your body doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not your yeah, that's not your ideal body. Yeah, if that if you have to maintain such a regimented and tight and restrictive mindset and like diet and exercise routine, like that that's that's not your your body. Right. Yeah. And so I think just to kind of lump everything together, when you are focusing on nourishment and healing your gut, it's 100% normal, like we just said, to experience those negative body image days. And it's okay if your body is changing and evolving. I always like to say we're not statues. Like our bodies are meant to grow and evolve. Um, Gaining body fat is not a bad thing. And you know, even if you're having maybe like some digestive issues, like bloating or those really kind of hard things to go through, like it's okay. Like your body is working with you, lowering that stress and knowing that it's going to be okay and you'll work through it. It's not forever. Hopefully, like if you keep doing the work, um, it's just like one day at a time, right? Like with, with anything, it's just trusting the process, trusting your body and just showing it kindness and love. Like, I always like to say it's the one home you're going to have for the rest of your life. Um, And even just speaking to yourself, like you would to a friend, like I would never tell you all these negative things that I maybe tell myself. So it's like, why are we okay with saying these things to ourselves, right? Like it's getting back to that self-love piece. Yeah. And just reminding yourself, like your body has always been on your side. Your body's never been broken. You're not sick. You're not, uh, you're not your diagnosis. Your body is always literally just trying to help you survive, if not thrive. And that's huge with gut stuff too, just because people think that their body's trying to attack them or their body's angry at them for doing this. It's like, no, your body's always on your side and always working with you. And just simply like trying to respond to the environment in the best way that it has the capacity to do. Yeah, I love that. That's huge. Yeah. That's that's a big mindset shift, but I love it. Um, okay, well, that was absolutely amazing to chat with you about all that. I'm definitely gonna have you back on because I just feel like we could talk for forever about gut health and all these topics. But um, yeah, this was amazing. Thank you so much, Madison. I'm going to include your instagram in the podcast episode um but what is your instagram just so that people can go and follow you my instagram is the gut goddess and there's just a period in between each word so the dot gut dot goddess 
I love it. And I love that name too. You are a goddess. <laughs> so are you. We're all goddesses. We're all goddesses. I love it. All the, all yeah. the womanly love. I'm here for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if you guys, uh, anyone listening enjoyed this podcast, give us a subscribe and a little nice five-star rating if you enjoyed it. And we're definitely going to have Madison back on and let's stay nourished together.